DSR Live, a member benefit of AFDR, the Association for Food Service Distributor Representatives. Just in time, reality training, interviews and discussions with food service professionals. AR we're talking about now, accounts receivable. That's really changed in the last five years. You know, with going around picking up checks and carrying money around and doing like what we always did. What percentage of your operators are paying online now? You got to remember, I'm 59 and a half, so I'm old school. And I remember <laughs> 20 years. I remember 20 years ago. You spent some days. You spent a half day chasing money down in checks that you could hold in your wallet for a week. And the one thing about the newer, younger people. They're so used to ACH, you know, automatic, whether they're weekly or biweekly or monthly. They want it. And, you know, not – I bet I only have – and I – shoot, I bet I have 70 customers. I bet I have one or two people that give me a check, and they tend to be like 40-year customers of Martin Brothers, and, you know, you don't have to right. worry. They just pay you. But the younger the younger group, and, and a lot – and even some of the chains, they just – it's one less thing they have to think about. So, you know, I think our ACH program, we we send them out an email that, okay, these invoices and these credits, we're going to take this out of your account in two days. If you have any questions or discrepancies, let us know. And it works beautiful. And it, 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 lets, it helps customers not get too far out with you, saves us time. I mean, I would say majority of my customers are on ACH now. I remember 10 years ago, our credit manager was like, we really got to get people on, you know, ACH. You'd ask people and they're like, I don't want anybody getting into my checkbook. That no way, you know, but it's so, you know, commerce is so instant and most people love it. Then they're like, I'm never going to be late on my food bill to my distributors and I don't have to think about it. And I'll never like get three weeks out and home ten grand and have to worry about it. And it's one of the. I mean, it was hard. It was a hard sell fifteen years ago, but uh, it's. I think it's the way to be. I mean, every. I mean, the beer guys and the alcohol guys when they deliver these restaurants, they they get a check right when they deliver. It's everything catches yeah, it on the barrelhead. How many more years it'll be until distributors start, start taking Bitcoin? I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, what percentage of your customers place their orders online? It's maybe 92. What are you writing now? I didn't even I don't have your profile yet. What are you writing now? Stuff, I've been higher, I've been lower, but I think right now for this year I'm doing about $17 million. There you go. But I think we got three or four reps at our company doing that or more. When COVID hit and a lot of companies laid off and business went in the tank, I mean, we're all doing more with less, which is kind of cool because it's efficient. And, you know, in the old days, there were four or five reps would write that, you know, and the people that order online, a lot of my customers, independents, they order online, but they'll still call me and say, hey, add this on, add that on, or hey, what do you have for this product because my other vendor doesn't have it. So it's not like you, you don't put orders in, but most organized independents love being able to put their order in. They know I got from 6 in the morning till 4.30 in the afternoon to get the order in. They're not waiting for Todd because Todd might be late or he, you know, I might have had to spend a little extra time with another customer. So you give them the flexibility. And then if you do show up, it's just about either new business or an issue or whatever. And so I was a big proponent of customers putting in 
their orders 15 years ago, and I don't think I could have ever sold the amount of groceries I did uh, without that. I had a lot of help from my inside salespeople for sure, you know, especially now when a lot of distributors, people are, aren't going out or they're only going out every other day, and it just makes all the sense. Todd, how old I am. I, well, we've both have been doing about the same length of time. I bought uh, two Tandy computers from Radio Shack, like 1982 or 83 or something, and took them to my two largest hospitals. I ended up getting in trouble, but you know how we used to turn our old green bar price books in every week, right? You have to throw them yep. in the bin and get your new price book. Well, yep. so what I did before Google and before search I would go back, I'd go in the bin because I was always there after everybody else had gone because they'd get my orders in late. Anyway, I'd grab a couple books and take them out there and, you know, and give them to those two hospitals that had the Tandy computers because they started ordering online with these PCs. I bought, I think I paid like $1,000 for those things back then. And um, anyway, so they would get in the green bar in my price book. And they knew where the price column was that they were, you know, being billed at. And, you know, every week I would have new things on my order. I'm like, wait, they don't order that. You know, that's not on their order, guys. And, I, you know, I'd call them. They'd say, well, it was in that green book you gave me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, I, and I paid the price. I had to give them a price hey, for it. Hey, Dave, before there was the wheel, you were the, you were the, in, the beginning of direct order entry. <laughs> well, we'll talk, we're talking about products and people getting on there and placing their own order online. You got ninety percent of them doing that. Martin Brothers was one of the pioneers of using Dot Foods and the Dot Express way, and I still haven't seen anybody use it quite like you guys use it. Has that really helped your sales and your company sales grow? I like what they do. I like how they help distributors, and I like how they help GSRs. Oh, more than you'll ever know. Okay, I'm going to start my 29th year at Martin Brothers, and I was maybe there in year five. I don't know if we bought from Dot Foods, but we didn't have a virtual warehouse. And one of the hardest things, you know, to sell against any of the other big national companies is we'd say, well, I got five warehouses in the upper Midwest. I Within a week or two, I can get you whatever you want. Well, now with our virtual warehouse at Dot Foods, we get trucks five days a week. And Dot Foods carries, I, I know I'm not exaggerating, 149,000 some items and the average broadliner carries what 12 to 15,000 under their right. roof. So, so we have access to everything. If it's ordered by two o'clock, it shows up at our door the very next day at 6:30. So I have a lot of people that order on Monday for Tuesday, but then they get their second delivery Thursday. So they just look at it as a skip day. So it's really helped us eliminate most all special orders, not all. Because even DOT doesn't carry everything, but they carry more than anybody. And and it also helps our fill rate because even though we buy direct from, say, Tyson or name the company, they have more items in stock than we do. And, you know, instead of being out for four days, if we run out of, a say, a pancake mix, instead of being out for four days, we're only out one night because we fill in from DOT. You know, the pricing isn't that much different. They're a godsend. And the more I know, and especially smaller distributors, I mean, more and more, you know, ordering half a truck or 20,000 pounds, you know, if you're not a broadliner, that's hard to do. But even if you are a broadliner like us and you're a second or third tier manufacturer, maybe we only order every three weeks. But if all that stuff's at dot, it makes it a whole lot easier for my customer. It lets us have a lot more items to sell without having to stock them. 
That leads right into my next question, managing mistakes and problems that come up with that most distributors about every day. And working with the Martin Brothers team and, and working with your peers, colleagues, you know, people at Martin Brothers, do you work with those people for the most part different than when you first started? You know, I've learned more. Um, I learned who's good at what. I mean, I'm not good at everything, and I hope people call me. I, You know, they call me for my strengths. But, yeah, I mean, I utilize our uh, our culinary team. We, they're great. Uh, Kent, we got a chemical specialist. I mean, the thing of it is, is there's a lot of other people in the company that have talent that I don't have that can really help you out. But, you know, they're like everybody else. you got to ask. Sometimes we get a new DSR. You know, they don't know what they don't know. And they could solve a lot of their problems by just asking, you know, a sold dog salesman or, or whatever department, whether it's, you know, we have a bunch of dietitians. I said the culinary team. we got a janitorial team. Uh, it's a team effort. And if I've always, I didn't think this years ago, but... If you go at a customer or a prospect or any issue as a team, you just have a lot more ammunition. Would it be pretty hard to write $17 million without the relationships with your teammates, truck drivers, buyers, transportation, everybody? It would be very hard. I remember in the days after they bought us out, the little companies so were talking 92, 93, and I struggled for my first year or two and then kind of figured it out. And I'll never forget, like, I was doing most of the stuff myself. We didn't have a culinary team. We did have a beverage specialist, but I was doing like 4 or $5 million a year, and I had to do it all. I mean, orders, credits, I mean, everything. And mm-hmm. honestly, I can tell you, $17 million <laughs> now, a year is easier than $5 million was 20 years ago. I see that happening, especially with ACH, online ordering, dot foods, all that stuff really helps. Do you ever turn your phone off? If I'm on vacation, like up in Canada, fishing, very rarely, no. I mean, my phone's on all the time, and I'm lucky enough to have been in the business long enough that most of my customers are all really good, and they're not going to call me unless it's, it's really a problem or they need help, and I would want right. to help them. The one thing I think everybody should do, it happened to me the other day, and, you know, at our D.C., our drivers are leaving at 11 at night, at 11 at night to 4 in the morning, and I got a call at, like, 4.30 in the morning. I jumped out of bed, and I answered it, and, you know, it was a driver. It was a sub-driver. There was an issue with him getting into an account, and it wasn't his fault, And but the fact I answered my phone, it just it saved a whole lot of problems down the road. So I'm like, if you're good and you're in sales, and your customers depend on you, you probably should answer your phone most of the time. How can DSRs most help street operators during this time? We'll say, you know, for the past few years, but now moving forward. Yet they're all sort of the dust hasn't settled yet. It's still crazy out there, but all the outs and problems and, you know, help and all that. What could a DSR do to help a street customer the most? You know, first of all, it's, Sit down with them, not when you're in your normal sales car, or it could be, but just say, hey, we're in this, you know, supply chain is horrible. We all know it. But if your customer has an understanding, I mean, I'll never forget this few months ago, this guy that's bought five cases of bacon from us every week since before I was even at Martin Brothers, and all of a sudden that manufacturer isn't making making the bacon. They don't have that one. And he's having a cow, and I'm like, Leroy, I will get you a good comparable bacon. We're a warehouse. Oh, we don't make bacon. We're not slaughtering hogs. <laughs> you know, I'm like, and and I said, but I'll get you a good bacon. And I found him one, and he liked it, and it was less money. But I think you need to sit down with the customer and just say, here's what's really happening. 
Here's how I think I can help you. Knowing what your customer's expectations are is huge. Just because the customer's really focused on a certain item or a certain issue doesn't mean he's that way with everything. So I think just good communication, sit down, explain, you know, sometimes they don't understand what we're faced with, you know. I mean, when a large protein company shorts us 50% of our order every week and has for the last year and a half, you got to trust me. I mean, you got to trust me that I'm going to give you some good, viable substitutions, and if you don't like them, we'll take them back. Longer term, how will street operators have to adjust because of the changes to the industry due to COVID and its impact? You sort of just answered that, but I mean, longer term, down the road, some things that you think are, they're going to be here. It's changed and it probably won't go back to whatever way it was. Well, I think, I mean, I'm just going by what successes my customers have had right. in the last year and a half. I think good independents have to be flexible. They got to offer a variety. They're always going to have their steady eddies, but my customers that have reduced their menu size, nobody needs a cheesecake factory menu, you know. 20 pages. Down. Except the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Well, right. But, you know, one, one of our very successful customers in Des Moines has three or four places, and he realized it right away when COVID hit. He goes, we don't have the staff. We're going to cut our menu in half. We're going to add some new stuff, but what we're going to do, we're going to do better than anybody. We're going to have great food, new food all the time, but guess what? It ain't going to be a four-page menu. It's going to be a two-page. Everybody that's done that, something similar to that, it's worked out wonderful. And plus, I've had customers, I have white tablecloth guy that everything at night on his menu is 30 to 40 bucks. And he added some flatbread pizzas. He added some more casual upscale. The margins are like three times better than on, you know, a 12 ounce ribeye or a, you know, scallop dinner or whatever. And since he's lower, he's got some options that are cheaper. His volume has picked up huge because it's no longer the place to go. It's just for your anniversary or your birthday. It's a place to go with friends, have drinks, appetizers, and yet even though a couple comes in and has four drinks and two appetizers, they still spend 100 bucks. Like they don't look at it as like, oh, we had two steak dinners, drinks, and it's 150 bucks, and we can't do this anymore. The menu's always been the roadmap, right, for smart, yep. profitable operators. How do most of your customers like communicating with you? email, text, Zoom, teams, no good old phone, in person. How do most of them today like communicating with you? Most of my, like, independents I see every other week. I don't – I barely see any every week like the old days because I'm handling a lot more accounts. We had a couple guys retire, and with COVID, I've absorbed some more business. But, I mean, obviously, when I'm on my week biweekly visits, they really like that. But I'm going to say uh, – if it's not time-sensitive, they email me. If it's time-sensitive, uh, they text me equal amount of time. Um, but most of them, they call me on my phone, and they all know. I always say and during business hours, if I don't answer, I will call you back within a half hour. That's kind of my goal, unless I'm in a big meeting or something that takes two hours. But most time, they know if they leave me a voicemail, I'll get back to them. But they respect my time. And they know they're not calling me unless it's something that can't wait till tomorrow. I don't get near the amount of calls after at work hours as I used to, but I would say mostly phone call, text, and email. Once in a while, if I have a small chain and, you know, they want all their managers to be on the same thing, we use Zoom. But honestly, in our neck of the woods, people are kind of tired of Zoom. They like yeah. to see you in person. Be a resource and sell something. 